1: 15. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll see whose stock is moving with opening day arriving. Like Duff and taxes, Dodgers has been a Dodger. I have That's... not had uh, 3 go go-throughs
0: uh, yet. It
2: works great, great in a fantasy I'm
0: just glad I am not at the dentist.
2: Fantasy Baseball in 15, on The Athletic.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, April 1st. I'm Al Melchior, and I'm here with Michael Beller, and you know what that means,
2: Michael. It's April Fool's Day. That's it. Is there anything else today? (laughs) Anything? (laughs) Anything else going on in our world, or is it just stupid jokes? Yeah, well, spring training's (laughs) been extended by a week, so... (laughs) Opening day! It's here, Al! We made it! Opening day, we're having baseball in April again? I mean, this is just... This is excellent. I am, nothing can dampen my enthusiasm about the day that we have ahead of us today.
1: Yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, that's right, an opening day in April. We have not seen that in a couple of years. So uh, good to, to be here talking about that. And let's get right to the news. And uh, we'll talk about some players moving up and down in the stock watch and uh, even some streaming options. So we'll get to it here and start with a couple of oblique injuries. Uh, George Springer, of course, this is one we've talked about quite a bit lately, but uh, what I think we had presumed was going to happen has now happened. Uh, The Blue Jays have placed him on the injured list, Mm -hmm. so the question here then is, with that certainty now, is it time to go and get Randall Gritchick, and just real quick here, uh, you get him for the power, and he's got, with the Blue Jays, a three-game series at the Yankees, another three-game series at Texas, and then a four-game series uh, at home versus the Angels over the next week and a half.
2: Yeah, I think this is someone who's good to go after. And in fact, I actually just had a uh, draft a couple of nights ago and uh, I ended up with George Springer on that team I knew that he was going to be placed on the IL. doesn't sound like it's gonna be something that cost him too much time uh, and gritchuk someone who's gonna be on my radar you know once uh, once I am able to officially throw Springer on into my IL uh, just because of getting to slot into the middle of that Toronto lineup that lineups gonna score a ton of runs Grichuk we know has the power so I think he's someone who definitely can pay some dividends even if it is just a you know 10 or 10-game or 14-game sample that you get out of him before Springer comes back. I think that's something that definitely uh could redound to your benefit. So I like Randall Grichuk. I will also say, Al, that I will be very interested to see what Charlie Montoyo does with his lineup while Springer is out. And assuming we see Kevin Biggio and Marcus Semien at the top of the order. Can Biggio take advantage to the extent that he at least puts himself in his manager's mind as a top-of-the-order guy? Because if he can bump himself up into one of those uh, top two spots, and I don't think it's going to be for Springer, but if he can convince Montoyo that, you know, I should be hitting second and Samian should be hitting sixth, or I should be hitting first and Springer should be hitting fifth, and we can bump someone else down to Oscar Hernandez or something like that, then suddenly we're talking about a different fantasy valuation for Kevin Biggio than I personally had all spring. So I think that'll be something interesting to watch while springers on the IL.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a very interesting angle. So I'm glad that you raised that. Um, let's get to our other player who's been uh, put on the IL with an oblique strain. That's Adalberto Mondesi and uh he does not have a timetable to return but obviously he's going to be out for a little over a week at minimum that's been backdated to Tuesday but you know you're looking at him missing the short week and all or most of the uh the the following week uh, afterwards now you know unlike with Springer you don't have somebody who's you know like 12 team relevant uh, filling in you've got Nicky Lopez coming back to the major league roster after getting sent down so he would stand to gain, gain some playing time But uh, there are certainly options out there that you could get uh, to replace at least some of that production at shortstop, including the the stolen bases. Uh, Andres Jimenez, Elvis Andrews, uh, Miguel Rojas, maybe if you're looking at uh, kind of a a deeper league there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or if you're not particularly concerned about steals, Paul Dijon might be a waiver option for you at shortstop. Who interests you out of this group or maybe out of players I haven't mentioned?
2: Yeah, Jimenez and Young both jump out at me. DeYoung, we know exactly what he is, right? Uh, he's going to hit for power. He's going to get a lot of ABs in that Cardinals lineup. So if he's sitting out there for you, he's definitely someone who would probably be at the top of my list unless you really need this spot to be a stolen bases spot, which I would totally understand given the player who we're talking about vacating your lineup. I would totally, totally get if stolen bases were more important to you than you know total picture. And then I think Jimenez can be a guy who provides plenty of that and obviously is going to get every opportunity not only to start the year as the uh, Cleveland starter at shortstop, but to hold on to that job. And obviously there are some options they can turn to if he fails at it, but I wouldn't bet on that being the case. So uh, I do look at uh, Jimenez being the guy to go to if you need steals more than anything. If you are just looking for overall player value and you're willing to eat the steals while Mondesi is out, DeYoung would be my choice.
1: And if you really do need the steals and you don't necessarily need them at shortstop or middle infield, is there anybody out there um, that you would be looking for?
2: I mean, you know what? This could finally be the the year for Garrett Hampson. And obviously there's middle infield here, but there's outfield eligibility. There's third corner eligibility, depending on your league settings. At least he's going to get the opportunity. We can say that for him, and we can move on. And then Jazz Chisholm, right? I mean, this is uh, this could be the time for Jazz Chisholm too. He's going to get to start every day at second base for Miami. Uh, maybe he takes off with it. He's uh, someone who I missed out on in that uh, that draft on Tuesday night. And yeah, I was so it was actually uh, a salary cap draft, and I was a little bit kicking myself with how much I paid for Gavin Lux when uh, I saw what some of the other l- lesser, for sure, second base options ended up going for Jazz Chisholm among them. So uh, this is someone who. Uh, there's a lot of reason to believe in the upside with Chisholm, I and mean, you love the fact that he's got the PT locked up.
1: Absolutely, and also with Chisholm, too, uh, you know, check your league's uh, eligibility because he may be eligible at shortstop even in your league. Uh, he mm-hmm. is on, on some platforms, so. Let's move on to some closer news. This is actually, I think, a pretty big deal that the Phillies have named a closer. I personally wasn't expecting that. I figured they'd go tandem, maybe with Hector Neris and Archie Bradley. But Neris has got the job. And he's really out there, uh, available in a lot of leagues, uh, really to a degree that sort of surprised me. But then again, probably a lot of people were making the same assumption that it was going to be a timeshare situation for him at best. So uh, is there any sort of league right now where people should not be looking to pick up
2: Hector Neris? I don't think so, Al. I mean, you know, saves are saves. And as long as your league uses saves and only saves, uh, you got to take almost every nibble you can get uh, that is available to you. Just a couple years ago that he was uh, pretty good, right? A two ninety three ERA, 28 saves for the Phillies in 2019, struck out nearly 12 batters per nine. So we know the skills are there. It has been a very up-and-down, like, six-year career now for Hector Nieritz. But that underlying skill set definitely is there. So I don't think there's any league where he should still be sitting out there on the waiver wire after this weekend.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you talk about kicking yourself, not uh, picking up Jazz Chisholm. I kind of feel that way about Hector Neris now because it's not only just the role uncertainty that kept me away from him in all of my leagues, but I I really, in looking at his stat page today in, in light of this news, I really kind of magnified the two bad seasons for him, and one of them wasn't even really bad from a skills perspective. It was just more bad in terms of a, um, a low strand rate and just bad outcomes with good skills yeah. behind them. A lot so, of homers, a lot of homers in, in one season in, in particular. 2018, but yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah. So, uh, but again, one season that's kind of the outlier, and that that surprised me a bit. So uh, while Hector Neris, uh, you know, almost certainly will be uh, gaining some new teams in the coming days and he, he definitely should be. There are already players coming into opening day who are seeing their um the rostering rate go up. We're seeing some others going down and not just players who, you know, are injured or players who got sent down. Some interesting names here, uh, Michael. So, let's start with a, a trio of players whose stock has been rising in the fantasy community. Carlos Rodon, Logan Webb, and Andrew Vaughn. So, with Rodon and Webb, you know, you've got some pitchers who – a couple pitchers who have something to prove. Um, uh, How do you feel about those two?
2: Yeah, Carlos Rodon, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm never going to be in on Carlos Rodon at this point. Uh, If it happens for him, awesome. I will uh, tip my cap to him, to the White Sox, and to whichever one of my league mates has him. Uh, But we've had this rug pulled out from under us a number of times. So I hope it happens. Yeah, I'm never, ever, ever cheering for anyone to not get to their best-case scenario – but I'm not going to buy into it myself. Logan Webb is interesting. And uh, the main reason I find Logan Webb to be so interesting at the start of the season is that he has, Al, one of, if not the very best schedules to start the season. If everything stays lined up the way that the Giants have it lined up to start the season, he's going to get to face just some of the softest lineups in Major League Baseball Uh, Over and over and over again, over like his first four or five starts. He's going to get the Rockies a couple of times, he's going to get multiple starts. In San Francisco, both of those rocky starts would come in San Francisco, so he wouldn't have to be uh, braving course Field, and that might be a really nice way for Logan Webb to get into the season. I mean, we could be talking May before he faces an offense that really, really scares you, and, and that not only could get him off to a good start, maybe he increases his value to the point where he is tradable. Uh, there's just a lot of good to like about Logan Webb at the start of the year, so he's someone who I do find to be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. And just to provide equal time here, Rodon also potentially has a really nice schedule ahead of him with uh, potentially multiple starts against Cleveland and uh, Detroit in there. So, um, you know, both of them have that going for them. Now, Andrew Vaughn, I think probably the interest here uh, is tied to Eloy Jimenez being out and Vaughn possibly moving up in the lineup. So um, how much should that matter?
2: Uh, You know, I think it should matter. I mean, not only does it move him up in the lineup, but like it it probably guards against any um, tiny bit of, uh, of downside to him coming out of the lineup, right? Like if he started off the year struggling, maybe they would get him off his feet a little bit more, get him out of the lineup a little bit more. But now with both D.H., Left field open, the fact that the White Sox actually are a pretty top-heavy team and don't have a ton of depth. Um, And you're already talking about Jimenez being out for four to five months. Like, I think Vaughn's going to be in there basically every day for this team. So uh, I think that it's an easy thing to explain why his stock is going up, but also totally justified. I think uh, his stock should be going up, frankly, with uh, the injury to Jimenez.
1: All right, and uh, let's take a look at three players who have become less popular (laughs) with uh, us in the fantasy community. T.J. Antone, uh, basically getting squeezed out of that Reds rotation picture. J.D. Davis, who did not have a very good spring, and Lorenzo Cain, who got a late start to spring, uh, coming back from a quad strain. Uh, Is there anybody here we should be buying low
2: on? I think maybe Antone, um, you know, not J.D. Davis for me. I just, I think that... uh, I really actually don't don't get the, the enthusiasm for JD Davis. I think the Mets have a pretty well set lineup and I just think he's gonna be squeezed for playing time all year. Lorenzo Kane, I mean it's I love the player. I absolutely love the player, but they went after Jackie Bradley for a reason. I wouldn't be surprised if we were talking about Lorenzo Cain and Avsayo Garcia being the guys who have to split time with Christian Yelich and Jackie Bradley Jr., the regulars, in Milwaukee's outfield. So I just find it very scary, and you know the skill set, it just doesn't age well, right? He's a guy who has always made so much of his fantasy bones by stealing bases, and we were already seeing that regress a little bit. Then he opted out of the 2020 season. I just think there's a lot of concern for what Lorenzo Cain is going to be as a fantasy player for this season. But T.J. Antone, I mean, the skill set is there, There's plenty of good foundation for him, and I just find it hard to believe that he is not eventually going to be a member of the Reds rotation. So he's someone who I would still feel pretty good about. Obviously not right away, and I wouldn't necessarily uh, think you're out of your mind if you're dropping him after drafting him a couple of weeks ago when you thought he was going to be in the rotation, but he's someone who I would at least, at the very least, still have on a watch list or something like that because I would bet uh, dollars to donuts that he ends up in that Reds rotation eventually.
1: Well, I agree with you, and I am stashing him everywhere I have him. So yeah. take that to the bank uh, <laughs> for whatever that take is. Take it to worth. the bakery. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, we are, as often as we can here on Fantasy Baseball in 15, going to take a look a day ahead and look at, at some streaming pitching options. So uh not a lot on the Friday slate. It's only six games, which is pretty unusual for a Friday, but, you know, opening week and all. So mm-hmm, well, let's mm-hmm. just look at three, narrow it down to three uh pitchers who might be available, who might have some value. Ryan Yarbrough, who gets... The Marlins in Miami, uh, Merrill Kelly, who's at San Diego, and then Johnny Cueto at the Mariners. Anybody that you like here.
2: Yeah, you could talk me into Yarbrough uh, against the, the Marlins. Definitely not going against uh, that San Diego offense uh, right off the bat. And Cueto, uh, I'll always love the guy. I have a soft spot for him. Had him a lot back in those Reds days. But the the floor is low. The ceiling is low. Uh, at least Yarbrough uh, has, a, I think, a, a pretty decent chance at a win in this game against Miami. I feel pretty good about him being able to uh, maybe get the win, get you some strikeouts, decent ratios. He's my favorite of the three.
1: Uh, also not surprisingly the most popular of the three. so if he's not available, just might be a day to uh, sit out the streaming pitchers, which
2: is always always an okay thing to do. You don't have to stream. That's right. That's right. <laughs> just because we're talking about
1: it here, yeah doesn't mean you have to do it absolutely. So <laughs> something to think about as we wrap up this episode of fantasy baseball in 15. If you are listening to this podcast on a platform, that lets you leave a rating and a review. We are always very, very happy when you take the time to do that. So we thank you for doing that. And before we go here, just be sure to check out Ding You, presented by BetMGM. It's our March Madness show. Listen on the Daily Ding podcast feed or watch the show on YouTube. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melker. Enjoy your opening day, everybody. We will be back here on Friday.